few weeks, um, there's something that the Lord has challenged me on to challenge you about. And, and when I say that challenge you, listen, you don't prepare these things without really the Lord dealing with you while you're preparing. So when I, when I talk about some of these things, um, don't think that I've got it all right, but I'm working on it just like you are. But there's some things that, and if, if we have a series title, and, and this may fit in, it may not, but the question the Lord asked me to ask you is, why are you here? Why are you here? Well, I like the people. Well, that's great. Well, I like the preaching. That's even better. <laughs> but you got to ask yourself, why are you here? Do you know, we, the Bible talks about 30, 60, 100 fold. Sometimes people get born again and they're satisfied right there. Some people get born again, he's their savior, and then he makes them their Lord. Well, now you're about 60-fold, and they stay right there. But we want to take the next step into the things of the Spirit so that we can walk in the Spirit. And when I talk about walking in the Spirit, it's not some, it's just walking by the, the Word of God and doing all you can to live that way, knowing that we're going to fail some, but still endeavoring to do that. So over the next few weeks, I'm going to be challenging us why exactly are we here? Now, the Bible is pretty clear about coming together, yes. you know, as the day draws nigh. That's why we have, quote, quote, church. We come to fellowship, but this isn't the church. You are the church. And so we keep waiting for the church to do something. And the Lord's saying, yeah, I'm waiting for the church to do something too. Yeah. This building isn't going to get off its foundation and go win anybody to Jesus. But you will, church. But, to be all in, to be walking in the spirit that I'm talking about, the way we walk, the way we talk, the way we act, has to be very different than what the world is. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that. Now, do not take that and make it a religious thing. I hate religion with a passion. Because religion, religion, you get this mindset, and then pretty soon what religion does, if you're not like me, then you're absolutely wrong. Be very careful with that. You don't need to be like me. You need to be like Jesus. All right. Now, here's the tale of this message. And you're going to think, what? It, you know, pastor had some bad pizza or something. Here's the title of the message. A penny for your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Listen, I'm not really asking you what you think. Because most of the time, we really don't need to tell people what we think. You know, I heard somebody say, you know, I wish I could read people's minds. I'm thinking, no, you really don't. <laughs> you don't want to know what people are thinking when they're talking to you. See, I want to tell you, the reports of the lands aren't good. What we see isn't good. What we're hearing isn't good. What we're told isn't good. There's a lot of bad stuff going on. There's a lot of things that we're looking at. And I'm here to tell you that the Lord is still good. That he, walking his ways are still good. Standing in righteousness is still good. Having a relationship with him is still good. We need to understand how the enemy is trying to distort what we see and causing many to believe it. Even Christians. Now I'm going to say something and, and you're going to have to pay attention because it kind of builds on itself. People look through their eyes. But how they think influences how they see. All right? How many, and you don't have to raise your hand, but I'm just, it's just a general question. How many people believe the Bible is absolute truth? 
But those same people are upset when they're presented with what the Bible says because it doesn't go along with what they think. It all starts with what you're thinking and about how you see. All right, do you, how do you see? Do you see through a worldview? This is what society says, this is what I think, this is what I feel, and this is what makes me feel good? Or do you see through a biblical view? This is what the word of God says, this is what I need to do, and this is how I'm gonna do it. And I'm gonna tell you something. We have got to begin as Christians to become more mature. And what does that mean? Do you know that we have Wednesday night Bible studies, life groups, we have Sunday church. Most people come to the Sunday service and I want to ask you something. How many of you go out to eat to a restaurant once in a while? Yeah, everybody here, I know, once in a while, okay? What if you every week went out to a restaurant and ate? Every single week. But that's the only meal you had all week. How long would you live? We have got to become self-feeders in the spiritual with the Bible because I'm gonna tell you what, you come here once a week, you are starving to death spiritually and then what happens, the enemy uses that and whatever sounds good, feels good, looks good, is good and that becomes your opinion. So I'm not promoting more church services. I am promoting walking in a closer relationship and getting more intimate with Christ than you ever have. And guess what? That might be inconvenient. It might be inconvenient. Whoo! There's that's that's finished the Popeye right there. I got you got another hour and a half. I'm ready. They'll wait for me in the Sioux. No worries. See, it all starts with what you're thinking about how you see. Here's what the Bible says in Romans 3, 4. Let God be true, but every man a liar. Either God's right or man's right. You get to choose. See, here's what's happening today, and, and here we go. So I'm gonna do this slow so you can follow me. What we meditate on influences how we think. How we think influences what we believe. What we believe influences what we do. Do you know by the time most people verbalize what they think, it's already what they believe? Of course, you've got a few people like me that I just, whatever comes to my mind, I just blurt out sometimes. That's not good either. You know? The Bible's got a verse in there that says, you know, even a fool seems wise if he keeps his mouth shut. Yeah, yeah, my wife tapes that to my mirror in my bathroom sometimes. Yeah. No, not really. I just saw a little cartoon. Just saw a little cartoon that came up, and it, it was this guy. He was standing in front of this doghouse, and there was his dog saying, his dog was saying, and it was, this is the, and the caption was, this is the pastor after he used his wife as an example in the service. And the dog, and the dog saying, the dog saying, will you be here for the night, or will be it your normal stay? So thankfully, I don't have a wife like that. She's good-hearted and understands. She understands what she married. So what we meditate on influences how we think. 
And you're thinking, well, maybe that's backwards. But no, what you're meditating on causes so many to say and believe things that are contrary to the word. Because what do you meditate on? I submit to you, most human beings meditate on absolutely the wrong things. The negative things, always meditating on the problem. Always, always, always. And let me tell you what, that is a major problem in the body of Christ. And if that's a major, and because people like to say, there's problems in that church. Yeah, because you're here. People want to, this building has never offended anybody. You know, that, that church, that church is a problem. No, that church is the problem. I told you, it's not because I'm not no condemnation. Hey, I love you guys. See, I'll put it this way. How we see, worldview biblical, Galatians 5.16, I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. That is where the battle is. You, the more you stay in this word, the less likely you are. The more you meditate on, meditate on the word, the less likely you are to grab a hold of these other things and meditate on them. Give you an example. Go home this week and meditate on forgiveness. See if all of a sudden the Lord won't do something with that. But instead, we're going to go home and we're going to meditate on, you know, I didn't like the song David sang. Didn't like the way he sang it. Didn't like this. Didn't like the way the pastor was dressed. Oh, well. Didn't like the Yeah, deal with my daughter. <laughs> That's right. Because, see, that's the thing. You think about that. You know, what do you meditate on? We, as human beings, and the enemy helps us right down this path of grabbing a hold of something that is wrong, and then that is why gossip and slander in the body of Christ is devastating. Because you could be minding your own business, happy as a lark, and somebody brings that kind of a seed and plants it, and then you start meditating on it, and then all of a sudden it's, oh yeah, I recognize that now. That is as demonic as they, it gets. And that's why the Bible talks about better you've taught, you know, put a millstone around your head, toss yourself into the thing, than you offend one of these little ones. And that's how it works. What are you grabbing a hold of? What are you meditating on? It changes how you see things. See, what is this walking in the spirit? It's not some spooky, you know, whoo, you know, cloudy thing. It's the word of God is walking, it's trying to do this word of God and being intimate with Christ. And that, folks, takes time, it takes effort, it's going to take some sacrifice outside of Sunday morning. Because again, if you only ate once a week, let's say your time to eat was Sunday right after church. It would only be about three weeks and man, you'd be crawling through the parking lot because you didn't have any strength. You'd be coming to church... It wouldn't be long, you'd be dead. Do you know the enemy counts on the fact that we will not feed ourselves? <sighs> okay, how many, I know maybe some of you didn't know, the millennials probably, and Trey and Holt maybe, have seen the movie Transformers? See, the Lord's trying to transform us from one thing into something else completely. But we have to submit to that. 
But too many people want to say, I want Christ, but I want Christ my way. And I know what the Bible says, but I don't agree with the Bible. This is what I think. Let me ask you, is there anywhere in this scripture, anywhere where God ever asked your opinion about anything? I tried to find it because I had this argument with God. He's got this attitude. He's God. I've never won an argument with him. Never. Unless I'm using the word. And then you're not really arguing. You're just getting in line with what he's saying. Here's what it says in Romans 12, chapter 2. Do not be conformed to this world. Do you know how, I'm going to stop right there for a minute. You know how hard that is? You are inundated with it. Everywhere you go, social media, the regular media, it doesn't matter. Right now, in our society, you, everybody is owed something. And if I don't get what I want, I'm going to stomp my feet. And it's your fault that I'm not happy with my life. We cannot be conformed to that. Because we start going to Christ the same way. You know who I am and I deserve this. Now, I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit, but when, you were, when, when the Israelites were coming into the promised land and they messed it up and couldn't go in, and here's, and I'll, I'm getting ahead of myself, I'll get into this more next week, but I want to use this as an example. When they said, oh, look at all the giants, did God ever tell you one time in your entire life as you became a Christian that you would never have any problems, that you wouldn't have to fight? He never told the Israelites that either. They decided... That it was too big of a fight. Can't do it. And they lost what? The promised land. Too many, so many people are losing blessings in their lives because they are deciding and not allowing the Lord to decide. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How you think has to change. It has to. And you may prove what is good and acceptable that you, now look at this, that you may prove. When we get our transformed and our minds are renewed, our lives will prove this very thing. That good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. That's why it is so absolutely important and not, by a, not in a religious way, but in a righteous relationship, intimacy with Christ way. We've got to walk different than what the world is. We have to. And I'm not talking about outward appearance either, folks. It's not what I'm saying. The outward doesn't matter. But when the inward starts coming out, I remember when, when Davine and I, you know, first, when we got married, we used to, we'd do prison ministry. We'd go to the prison just about every week. And guys would come to me. Now, my wife's a beautiful woman. But she's got, she's got an inner beauty as well that is just, that people just, she just kind of, glows man she's just got this she loves Christ and and people would see that and say what is it about her what is it about her that's what I'm talking about we're not going to be perfect the outside may not be perfect but I'm telling you people see things in us but if you're if you've got a worldview that's what people are going to see people are looking for Christians to get in agreement with them this not nothing that's nothing biblical you get in agreement with me because this is what I think and this is how I feel and this is what I think we should do. No. 
Let's be lovers of Christ. Let's be obedient to his word and let the Lord take care of the rest. He'll use you. You don't have to be something. You just have to be his. See, conformed. That means patterned, fashioned after, think like, talk like, or act like. It says don't be conformed to the world. The world is, and when I talk about the world, we're talking about a humanistic system. As a Christian, Christ is the center of everything. Right now, in our society and in the world, humans, man, is the center of everything. Everything revolves around me. I was just talking to, I was just talking to him this morning, and, and you know, and it's funny because we as, as we get older, we realize that the world is much bigger than what we think it is. You get younger people, my daughter, and even younger, maybe a little bit older, their world is this big. And I get that. I, I was there too. We get to, we, we're all, we've all been through a place where our world was us. And a few things around here. Not understanding how much bigger. We have a big, big God. And I'm finding out more and more. The less I try to do for him, the more he's using me to do. Does that make sense? See, we have to be changed. Renewing means new ideals and a new attitude. See, I truly believe that transformation takes place within. You can dress all of this up, but this can be terrible. You give me somebody that's got this with Christ, I don't care what this is. If this needs to be changed, the Lord will help them change it if they need to be changed. But see, what we go about trying to do is change this to get to this. And you can't change this to get to this. You've got to get to this to change this. And again, that's why, you know, I, I get upset because we too many times, even as Christians, we look at the outward and I'm going to tell a story, and some of you know this guy. There's a gentleman in this area, and he couldn't read very well. And he used to, when we had a landfill, he used to work, work at our landfill, a dump. And, you know, I always had a T-shirt on, but it wasn't always clean and this and that. And, and, and you look at him, and you think, man. But this guy, I remember one night, or I guess it was one morning, the Lord told him to fill up his pickup truck and drive west. So he did. Three hours he was driving. Just saying, all right, Lord, where am I supposed to go with this? What am I supposed to do with this? And the Lord says, go down, take a right at this place. And then by this time, it's evening, it's getting dark. And he saw this, this light, this porch light on. The Lord said, I want you to drop this wood off there. So he drops this wood off and knocks on the door. And the people had been drinking all day long. They were, they were at each other plan on divorce, this and that. This guy shared the gospel with them, got them born again, found a church for them to get into. But if you'd have looked at that guy, you'd have thought, this is a homeless dude that's got nothing to offer anybody. Shame on us. See, what are we meditating on? What we meditate on influences how we think and what we believe. 
Mark 7, verse 20, it says, and he said, what comes, what comes out of a man, that defiles a man. From within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lewdness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All of these evil things come from within a man and defile a man. I confess to you that I believe with all my heart. Listen, somebody just doesn't pop out of bed and go steal something. They have had to have thought about that and decided to do that. That came from within. What are you meditating on? One of the, and we tell people all the time, use the word of God. Find some scripture verses. When, when, when your health is under attack, find some verses and meditate on the healing verses. Well, I tried that, it didn't work. Well, I'll tell you what. You know, people say, well, it may work, it may not work. I know the word of God does work. If nothing else, it will encourage you. It will encourage you. And this is every area of life. Now, I've got to tell you, I am, I have to catch myself sometimes. Because I, you know, I'm one of these that, if there's a problem, you kill everything. You just kill the problem. What happens, happens to become your, your wife? <laughs> or your kids? Or you? You can't do that. But that's, that was, you know, that's, you know, because I, confrontation doesn't bother me one little bit. Don't, doesn't, I, let's go. I, the Lord is teaching me that that's just not his way. I mean, we could confront some things, but there's sometimes you just have to let God be God. And you know how hard that is for somebody like me? Lord, I'm gonna let you deal with this. I, I know what to do and I know how to do it. But he won't let me do it. I'm like, ooh. See, so, so the Lord's still working on your pastor too. But see, it's not what, it's not what comes out of him that defiles him. It's from, it's what, it's from in him. What it, it, let me read this. What comes out of a man is what comes out of you that defiles you. Not what you're putting in. But what are you meditating on? How you see the world, worldview or biblical view, is going to determine what you see and what's coming out of your mouth. The way to change this, all of this is through the word of God. Luke 6, 45 says, A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. An evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. This is where gossip and slander will destroy a church faster than anything that I know. We all love David. I'm going to use David for an example because, you know, David's got big shoulders and he can handle it. Okay? Everybody loves David. But if I start telling him, you know, David's great, but you know what I heard? That has just given him something to meditate on and it's going to change the view of how he sees him. Then, I know people. People can't keep their mouth shut. They got something. They gots to tell somebody. And in, 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 in social media today, they get to tell thousands of people in one little, boom, there it is. It's out there. Gotcha. Terrible. And what does that do? It, what are you then meditating on? The next time you see David, all you're meditating on is, yeah, he thinks he's Johnny Cash. He wears all black. <laughs> yes, I 
Don't call me Sue. <laughs> but see, then pretty soon, the next time they see him, they say, oh, okay, I see him. He's all black again. Yeah, and David. And he thinks he is. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. And people begin to meditate on it. And then pretty soon the enemy adds to it. Then pretty soon they got a hard attitude. Pretty soon it's coming out of their mouth because they've already made a decision on how they feel about David because somebody told them that. Stop. Stop. Out of a good man, out of a good treasure of his heart. If you don't like the way David's dressed, pray. God, please show him. Give him some fashion sense. <laughs> you just be in agreement with his wife. But again, the thing of it is, is one thing I learned. I, I learned one thing that I got a hold of early on in, in my career is teaching and coaching. I, I got a hold of this personality things and, and I, I did some research. Do you know when you are positive and complimentary to kids, they will go a thousand miles for you? They will. I mean, that's just the way it works. Do you have to correct them some? Absolutely. But, but my kids, man, they know I absolutely love them. Love them. And you know what? You can correct in such a way that you don't have to demean or hurt or harm. Most of the time when that comes, it comes out of a frustration or, or an anger. Or, I know many of you probably aren't like me, but you have a bad day and, you know, you walk through the door and, you know, you kick the dog, you slap the cat, and you bark at the... No, I don't kick dogs, okay? PETA people will be out here protesting. Just for this people in, out there, no, I didn't kick the dog. This is an example. But the thing of it is, it's not what they did. It's your heart. It's your attitude. But again, what are you meditating on? What you meditate on influences how you think. See, words are used to give thoughts. We meditate on them. Then it becomes how we see things. Then that changes what we see. Then it comes out of our mouths. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use this to talk about this scripture verse and then, then I'll shut it down. And we'll, we'll pick it up next week probably. Numbers 13, 26, and 27. This is about the Israelites. They talked about it before. They, now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran and at Kadesh. They brought back word to them to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Then they told him and said, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey. And this is its fruit. See, the Lord told them exactly what would be there. The Lord has told us, listen, you receive my son, you're born again, make him Lord, and then you walk in the spirit, which means you do what this word says or do the very best of your ability, and when you blow it, what do you do? You repent. But here's most people's attitude. I want to do what I want to do the way I want to do it. They'll either twist a scripture verse or ignore the Bible completely, do their thing, their lives turn into a wreck, and then they say, where are you, God? He's the same place that you left him. I know, I'm making lots of friends today. Okay, how do you see? So they went and they saw this. It's the same today. What the Lord says is true. 
It is not based on what we see with our eyes or how we feel or our soul realm, our emotions, our mind, our will, and emotions. God is not moved by that. He is moved by his word. Oh, see, my child's obeying my word. Okay, I'm going to get behind that. I don't understand how people, some people can read the Bible, look at the Bible, still continue to live the way they want to live and think that God is okay with that. It's not okay. It is not. And this isn't me judging you. I don't have the right to judge you to condemnation. I don't have that right. But I can tell you you're hurting yourself. There's no such thing as a lukewarm Christian in the kingdom of God according to the Bible. And I'm not talking to listen. I want to clarify something. Because we use that word term lukewarm to beat people up. I'm not trying to beat you up with it. Because we think, I got to be an on fire for That means I got to be some Jesus freak 24 7, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I got to be just a. No, no, and no. No. Lukewarm just means kind of like, man, I take God to leave God. Doesn't really matter. No, we're still following Christ even in bad days. That doesn't mean you're lukewarm because you have a bad day. It doesn't mean that you're lukewarm if you get up some Sunday morning and say, honey, it's too early. I just don't want to get out of bed and go to church and listen to that guy today. <laughs> no, you're backslidden. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. That doesn't mean you're lukewarm either. It means you maybe have to stir yourself up a little bit. All right? See, it's just... The, the promises of God are yes and amen. The report of the land is true, whether you want to believe it or not. And here's what it says. Well, I was going to stop right there. I'll give you this. I'll get you this and I'll bring it in for landing. Because this is what people do. In verse 13, or Numbers 13, and verse 28 and 29, nevertheless, you might as well say, but. The Lord gave us the land, but... There's all these problems. Listen, I submit to you sometimes we as Christians, we set people up with this when we lead them to Christ. Come to Christ and your problems will be over. Everything is going to be great. No, your life will be better and the fact that you will have a way to heaven and there is hope and there is strength and there is joy and there can be peace but it doesn't mean it's going to be an easy journey or an easy life most christians think if i just get to this spiritual level and i read the bible enough and pray enough all the problems are going to go away you're wrong closer you try to get to him the harder the enemy works to get you away from him Somebody told me the other day, the way you've handled this, the way you've done this, you know, the Lord's looking to promote you. Shut up, I don't want to hear that. Because I know what happens with promotion. Spiritual promotion comes a higher spiritual battle. Right, it's a good word. You know, I know you guys, I know you guys. When you stepped up and started to do this Bible study and, and you stepped, I, I know some of the battles you probably went through enemy wasn't happy about that at all he wanted to keep you right where you were at the lord's saying no i've got a good plan i've got a better plan maybe not be an easy walk but it is a more joyful walk it's a more peaceful walk do you know that and, and i'll use this as an analogy and i'll close when i'm racing and I have done the work, and I have put in the work, and my fitness level is good, and I'm out there racing, it's hard. But I've got such peace, 
And I got subdued because I know that I did everything that I needed to do to be prepared and I can make it through this. And it's the same thing spiritually. One time a week being fed the word of God is not going to be enough to get you fit to be able to handle the rigors of what the enemy is going to take you through in this walk that we're doing. It's not going to be enough then you best be very careful who and what you are listening to. There's a lot of people that sound real good out there that are not biblically based at all and want to come and influence you. The Bible says the devil himself comes as an angel of light. The devil's not stupid. He's not going to just stand there. and No, he makes things sound really good and there's a smidgen of truth in some of it. But you got it. that's why you have to rightly divide the Word of God. You can't do that unless you're in the Word of God. And this isn't a beat you up to read your Bible. Get in your Bible. I'm telling you, as you begin to read, God will, something will jump off the page. Meditate on that rather than this and this problem and this problem. That's why I don't watch the news because I find myself meditating on all the problems in the world. Guess what? I can't solve them. So why worry about them? I'm not worrying about them. I know a few years ago, people worried about nuclear weapons. What if they launch a nuclear weapons? I got a target on my house. Drop bomb here. Poof, I'm with Jesus. He'll have to put the parts back together, but I'll be with him. What are we freaking out about? What are you meditating on? It changes what you see, how you think, and the way you act. So let's meditate on the good things of God and all that the Word of God says we are and that we can have, even in the midst of trouble. Amen? Listen, I'm gonna, I'm gonna open the altar. If some of you need some prayer, maybe you've been dealing with some of this, you're meditating, and I know the mind is an enemy of God. That's what the Bible says. How many of you can have just a great day, everything's going good, you lay your head down and all of a sudden, here comes the enemy. He puts all this, and your mind gets whirling. And you get worrying. That's not God. He says he's given us a sound mind. He's given us peace. He's given us joy. In the midst of whatever we're dealing with, we can have those things. You're having problems in your marriage? Ask forgiveness. But I'm not wrong. Ask, ask, ask forgiveness anyway. And guess what? Here's a big one. Forgive. Do you want to be right? Or do you want to be alone? You can be righteous. And you can be right. And you can still say, Lord, forgive me. Honey, forgive me. Yeah, you're forgiven. And move on. What do you meditate on? Any kind of time we've dealt with people that, that were having struggles, they were meditating on what they wanted or what they did not like about the other person. Never, ever taking a look at themselves. Never. Meditating on all the things that are wrong. My wife is great at this. Great at this. She is forever telling me all the great things about me that she sees. It's not a very long list, but. 
She's good at that. See, most of us, and, and I'll use myself as an example, we really deal with a critical spirit that we have to be very careful of. Because correcting and being critical are really close. You know, I'll never forget when I was down, in, I lived in North Carolina, I, I, I was on a tennis team and my backhand wasn't very good, but it was adequate. And some people were coming to watch me and I ended up winning the match. But afterwards, the only thing that they talked about was, man, your backhand's just terrible. Man, you really got to work on that backhand. We've got to be careful that we're not doing that. You know? Gosh, you're doing really good, but you know, there's just this one thing. Now, there's nothing wrong with correction because correction is, I'm trying to help you to show you a better way that you can do this better so you won't get hurt. Why do we correct our children? You know, if they're on a busy street, why do we, why do we have to maybe, you know, smack their little hand when they're trying to reach for the hot burner? Because we're trying to say danger. But we better be very careful because we can destroy people because we start meditating on faults rather than what God has done and can do. When people have faults and I, we've all got them, pray. Pray. Ask the Lord, Lord, show me. And he will. Then guess what? You have to decide to do what you have to do to make those changes. You can't just walk down the street and all of a sudden, poof, God took this away from me. Now, sometimes it's a fight. Amen. There's some things in your life you need to get free of today. David's going to come. You guys, if you guys want to come and pray. You guys want to step up and pray? We'll be happy to pray for you. We've got time. I'll take as much time as we need. Like I say, they know what to do in the Sioux. They start without me. I'm not God. I'm not the Holy Spirit. I'm just a big mouth that sits in the front. If that's you today, if this message has, has, has spoken to your heart to where it said, you know what? <sighs> yeah, I believe in God but I'm really not walking the way I need to walk with him. That's between you and the Lord, but I'd love to agree with you and pray with you for the strength to be able to step out and do all that God's got you for you or to stop doing some of the things you're doing. I'm not here to judge you. The Lord's going to take care of that, but you don't want to, you don't want to, you don't want to die and face him with some of these things. Amen. Hey, the altar's open. He's going to play. We'll stay here and pray if you need. Um, I'm just going to close in prayer. And if you feel like you need to, to sneak out, go ahead. That's fine. But if you need to come forward for prayer, be more than happy to pray with you. Lord, we just thank you. I pray, Lord, that this message spoke to people today by the Spirit of the Lord. Lord, that we will completely understand what we're meditating on. Lord, a penny for your thoughts. A penny for your thoughts. What are we thinking about? What are we meditating on? Is it the word of God? Is it the solution or is it the problem? Because we know that you are the solution. And all we've got to do is be obedient to your word. Not to a man, but to your word. And so we give you praise and glory. And I pray that every person walks out of here challenged but free 
of some of these things. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.